Winnipeg's upcoming offseason is going to be complicated, to say the least, with a lot of decisions to make and not a lot of time to figure out what to do with players like Pierre-Luc Dubois, Mark Shifley, Connor Hellebuck, and the bevy of free agents expiring not only this year, but next. We're going to dive into all of that and how the Jets can construct potentially a better team next season on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate the support of all of you everydayers. Now, uh, like I said, tonight's episode is going to be a fun one. Have a lot to talk about when it comes to free agents and stuff. But before we go any further, just wanted to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Stay tuned to hear more about Game Time later this episode and how they can help you save money on all of those tickets you love. Circling back to the Jets, obviously, uh, this offseason probably you know presents one of the most unusual situations for the Jets. I know we've said that in past years, but it feels like this offseason legitimately um, has the team at a, a state where I don't know that we've really been in, in this position before because we have one season left where most of the team is under contract. And then after that, you know, half the core is gone, basically, and it means Winnipeg is looking at this offseason and kind of having to strategize whether they want to be competitive next year or if it's time to start shipping out players and trying to get value for anyone who isn't resigning. And I, you know, I'm looking at guys like Shifley, uh, Niederreiter, Ehlers, Connor, Wheeler, and I'm trying to figure out who is likely to stay. I think Ehlers is probably one of the few players that I, I think would be um, really good to try and keep around for as long as possible. He still has another year after next season. Um, so, you know, I don't really see him going anywhere necessarily. But, you know, Blake Wheeler, I kind of wonder. I know people are like, why would he retire this offseason? And the reality is, you know, just because you have a lot of money on your contract due, Blake's already made quite a bit of cash over the years. And his family, you know, he's he spent time away from them. Uh, it sounds like he's very close with uh, wanting to spend more time with his kids and stuff over the years. And I feel like all of that with him, you know, slowing down and not being able to physically keep up as much, then you can kind of work on in like like an insurance claim or something. So I think there are ways for him to potentially exit his contract if he feels, you know, maybe it's time to hang it up. And especially with, you know, not only his his own physical health and stuff and um, all of the stuff around the team, but you know, on a personal level, he has accomplished a lot. And at this point, 
you know, the only option for him is either you take a reduced role or you kind of hang it up. And I just don't really see how uh, he would want to take a reduced role unless he wants to come back and play like a third line kind of uh, option. You know, I, I don't know that he can really contribute at the level of a top six player that you really need, uh, especially for a team that might have some major offensive departures next season. I, you know, I'm looking at this team and I'm thinking to myself, you know, a lot of the veterans might be on the way out. You know, the biggest question for me, there are like two of them that I'm really circling towards. And, you know, the first one is Mark Shifley. I feel like Shifley is going to be gone this offseason. It just seems like we're heading towards a point at which there's not really any return, right? I think bridges have been burned. Uh, Mark kind of changed tune throughout the season. You know, you had that first half where he was on fire, unstoppable, absolute monster, and then something changed, and he went back to the version of himself where a lot of Jets fans were frustrated. You know, he didn't back check as much. He didn't look as offensively engaged. And so it felt like something had shifted either in the messaging from the team or somewhere else. And I don't know what exactly happened. Maybe there was something heading up towards the trade deadline. I don't know. But whatever happened, it feels like Shifley didn't really buy into it. Uh, And it was especially noticeable, you know, in the post game five comments and stuff when he was like, you know, it's it's way too early to talk about my future. And it really shows that I, I think in the long run, his thought process is still outside of Winnipeg. You know, we had this situation last offseason where he wasn't really committed, but then Bones sold him on something. The front office sold him on something. I don't know what that something was, but I feel like whatever they told him back then, I'm not sure he's really buying it these days. So Mark is probably headed out. I, I just don't really see a way that he can return um, with all of the stuff that's kind of happened, with the media kind of putting him under increased scrutiny, which usually means the team might be putting something out there. Uh, all of that just leads me to think maybe his time in Winnipeg is is running out. And then, of course, the biggest question is Connor Hellebuck. Helly wants to be like the highest paid goalie in the league, deserves to be paid like that. And I just don't see how the Jets trying to save money and all that are going to opt for this this route, right? I know everyone's going to say, well, the Jets are backed by one of the richest people in in all of Canada. And that is true. But I think the reality is, operationally speaking, a lot of that money doesn't really filter down, right? True North and the organization, they operate with their internal budgets and all of that. And that is kind of what we're stuck with. And it feels like the Jets are trying to now save money rather than spend more. So I would not be shocked if Hellebuck is not really intent on signing here for, you know, not only professional reasons, but also for the fact that the Jets just aren't going to be able to afford to pay him unless they redirect a lot of the money from Wheeler's contract. I just can't imagine how uh, you, you, you pay probably closer to like what 11 million or something for him. Uh, And I, I just, you know, it's a lot of cash. I would still do it. I would, you know, I love Hellebuck, but the Jets are also kind of on that teetering point where it's probably time to start thinking about the longer-term future of the team. And if you have Helly, you're not going to lose enough games to start drafting that truly elite talent. That's just the truth of it, right? Uh, and and so a real decision point for the Jets. I, as a fan, feel so conflicted about it. 
I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts, especially when it comes to Hellebuck. Do you think that this is the time to trade him and send him, you know, towards another team that can actually make use of his services? Or should the Jets try and run it back for one more season at least with Helly in tow? Let me know in the comments below or at my social media as at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. In just a little bit, I kind of want to dive into some of the expiring contracts that we've got coming up for this summer. Uh, guys like Stenland, Mendelainen, all of those players, plus some league-wide free agents and whether it's time for the Jets to dip into that pool. And then later we'll talk about how Winnipeg can also incorporate some of the youth into this. But before we go any further, like I said, wanted to talk about Game Time. I think that's a really great service and something that a lot of you probably could benefit from. Obviously, a lot of you are, are used to buying tickets to all of your favorite concerts and sporting events, and you all know how much of a pain in the butt it is and how expensive it gets very quickly. Game Time is here to help because they're the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And best of all, you can get killer deals on last-minute tickets, and you get backed by their best price guarantee where... If you find a ticket for the same event at a lower price elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. And best of all, you can also get like a seat view. They've got great photos from uh, different vantage points from where your seat is is looking to be, which, you know, for going to say Fenway Park might actually be pretty important, right? Because we all know that Fenway has a very famous column that obstructs uh, a couple of seats. And who wants to stare at that while you're trying to enjoy the game, right? Huge pain in the butt. And Game Time wants to make it easy for you to avoid all of that stress and hassle. And like I said, they also have great last-minute ticket deals and flash deals for all sorts of events. No matter what you're interested in, they've got you covered. And of course, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your mail for printed tickets. We all love that. Snag the tickets without the stress by going with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Obviously, we we're just talking about Winnipeg's upcoming offseason, and I'm trying to think less about the PR nightmare that the Jets have created for themselves and, and talk more about contractually what the Jets have cooking, because there's a lot to get through over the next two to three years. Uh, and Winnipeg, I, <laughs> I don't really know what their plan is. I can't really speak for them, but they have a lot of decisions to make. Now, a couple of easy ones that I think are, are worth discussing real quick are, are some of the expiring deals this offseason. Uh, players like Stenland, Benalainen, Gagne, the likes. Um, most of those guys I really feel like should be let go because I think the Jets honestly need to do more internal promotion. And if you want to open up spots and stuff for your players, I think this is a great way to do it. 
I wouldn't mind like Stenland coming back maybe on like a like a one way or a two way deal, especially as like injury insurance. You know, Janssen Fialbi, he was allowed to go to um, UFA after not hitting like his 75, uh, 75th game of the season to retain his RFA status. I'm going to be honest, I don't really care about that. Uh, and I think the Jets wouldn't really miss his services if he decided to go elsewhere, maybe back to Washington or something. But I think the biggest thing for the Jets, right, is like you have all of these players who anchored your bottom six, but the bottom six wasn't really productive for most of the season. Bones loves these like really forechecking physical guys. And while it's great to have that presence and stuff, a lot of what you lose kind of comes through your scoring impact. And when the top six was like the top six was struggling finishing, uh, you know, from January onwards, right? You really have to ask your bottom six to pick up that slack and it just couldn't do it. Adam Lowry did, you know, during the playoffs and stuff, but throughout much of the regular season, his lines and the fourth line really couldn't score all that much to offset the difference. So I think for me, it's time to move more towards skill and speed. This Jets team is just very slow. And I think we saw that when, you know, Winnipeg or Vegas kind of ran over the Jets in the postseason. And at other times, you know, other teams really took advantage of the lack of foot speed, both on the back end and in the forward core which put the Jets under a lot of stress and forced them to defend a lot more than they probably wanted to. And there are some players who are going to be slower that you still make time for anyways. Cole Perfetti doesn't exactly have like the highest top end gear, but because he's so smart and understands space in his role perfectly, he compensates really well for it. But I think, you know, towards the other end of the roster where maybe you have more grindy physical forechecking players, you got to go faster and, and, you know, look for more skill. Honestly, I really feel like Jansen Harkins should be a full-time member next season. I know that Harkins in the past has had some uh, question marks in this game, but I feel like compared to options like Sakuman Alainen, right? Harkins just offers you so much more offensively. Yes, Jansen at times has killed offensive zone plays here and there with a bad pass or something, but on the whole, you know, Menelainen only brings value on the PK, and it's just not enough to offset the lack of scoring ability and his struggles when it comes to even strength. Whereas with Harkins, you know, you're getting a pretty reasonably well-rounded middle six forward that I think for the Jets could be a real role player and actually contribute on a routine basis if given the right center to work with. I would actually look to uh, really promote David Gustafson next season, give him a skill to work with like Harkins, kind of make maybe like a mini moose line for the Jets. I really feel like that could pay dividends, especially because... Again, Winnipeg is looking for some kind of offense to try and spark this team. Uh, and one of the biggest players that I think could do it for them, for them, at least internally, is Chaz Lucius. I think the problem with Lucius is that he hasn't really played a lot recently due to injury. And so, you know, is he really an option uh, to trust for next season? I don't know. But in terms of guys who could like fill in and potentially add a bit more spark to your bottom six, he is a very intriguing option if he's able to make it out of camp. In terms of like free agents from the market, this year is going to be uh, thinner than usual in terms of players that I would say are are worth really looking at from the UFA class. I have some time for guys like Gustav Nyquist, uh, Jason Zucker, and some of the others, but these players are going to be relatively expensive, I would imagine. And if you're the Jets, right? You don't want to take away spots from your kids, and you also are, are unlikely to be 
willing to spend a lot in terms of wages, right? A lot of these players are probably going to be three, four plus million. And I just don't know that Winnipeg is all that interested in spending that much and opting for those guys. So I can't really see Winnipeg going for any of these free agents. Um, It'd be cool if they took a chance on like a Tatar or something, but you know, Tatar is probably needing a reasonably expensive contract. You know, um, who else? Dodonov probably would look for a decent chunk of cash. We know that Nyquist and Zucker were making like five and a half this season. How much of a pay cut are they realistically willing to take? I don't know. So, yeah, this this offseason's free agent class is rough. I mean, there are some other skaters like on the back end that could be of interest, but like the Jets have so much money tied into the defense uh, at this point already where it's, to me, not really worth pursuing. So a lot of question marks in terms of like the free agent class and trying to fill in the gaps, but I would really like the Jets to look more internally first before they, you know, go outside and start exploring there. Speaking of uh, promoting internally, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the players who might be of value to the Jets, uh, you know, next season, especially as Winnipeg is trying to cut some cash internally and figure out how many of the guys maybe from the Moose or elsewhere who might be able to make an impact uh, in next year's NHL team. All of that coming right up in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I just wanted to close out tonight's episode with some thoughts on uh, the future of Winnipeg's roster next season and beyond and talk about kind of some of the timelines that we might expect for players to sort of filter in and uh, promote internally, right? I think Winnipeg is going to try and cut money, uh, especially a lot of the really expensive and uh, you know external contracts that they've brought in. And for the Jets, that's going to mean kind of going back to the drawing board and looking at some of your prospects internally, figuring out where players are developmentally and who can contribute in the more immediate future. In terms of like forwards, right, Chaz Lucius for me seems like one of the most likely candidates to earn some kind of a promotion next season, but that's really dependent on his health. Yeah, he's had a lot of upper body stuff over the past couple of years. And some of it's really unlucky. Some of it you do wonder if he's maybe just a bit injury prone. And with the Jets needing, you know, some durability and reliability, you you kind of wonder, is Lucius uh, experienced enough at the pro level to make the jump to the NHL? I still feel like he needs more moose time, but he just hasn't been able to get it every time he goes down. And in fact, the moose demoted him to, uh, you know, the CHL this season and what, like just a few games in, he what broke something. Uh, I don't even remember what the nature of his injury was, but it sidelined him for the entire rest of the season, which was horribly, horribly unfortunate. And, you know, again, limiting his ice time and not letting him uh, really get the experience that he needs to get back to the moose and hopefully earn a, a call up to the Jets sooner rather than later. So, with Chaz, I kind of feel like even if he does impress in camp and looks like he's maybe even ready for NHL duty, I would still say he's probably at least a year away. Um, Lambert might be a little bit further out. I don't know. He's had a lot of confidence with the Seattle Thunderbirds. He's completely raking it in right now. Actually just had an almost a, a really good scoring chance uh, yesterday. I mean, Brad is continuing to really build his confidence and looking like a player who's going to be mean as all heck when he gets here. 
but I would say at least a year and a half to two seasons away, most likely. And so if he does impress in camp to the point where it's undeniable that maybe he deserves a look with the Jets, maybe he comes in. He's the kind of game-breaking talent that I feel like the Jets really need offensively, and he's also super amazing at skating and can really transition better than most of Winnipeg skaters can. So a legitimate option to consider if the Jets are looking for that that extra layer of, uh, you know, extra level of skill and speed. But again, the rest of his game is still in progress and raw, and he hasn't had that much North American pro hockey experience to where you feel comfortable uh, running him out on a routine basis. As far as like other forwards are concerned, uh, Nikita Chiprikov just signed his ELC. I would expect him to get a couple of moose games during their playoff run right now. And then next year, he'd probably spend a full year with the moose. I can't imagine that he's going to adapt like immediately, but I do think, you know, maybe after next season, uh, you start to think about the year beyond and Chiprikov maybe getting onto your third line or something. Torgerson, I, I feel like hasn't really moved uh, the needle enough to where I feel like he's ready to make the jump to the NHL as like a fourth liner. I think that there's intrigue there, but so far, you know, his, his AHL stints have been a little hmm, kind of mixed, right? He is a big, powerful forward. And at times you can see him getting into good shooting lanes, but I just haven't seen enough from him consistently to where I feel like he's ready to kind of make that jump. If anyone is kind of, uh, you know, on that borderline of being ready for full-time NHL duty. It might be like Christian Reichel. I think I've seen enough from him in his brief NHL stints to where I'd like him to get a promotion to the Jets full-time. I think that there's like a genuine middle six, bottom six player there, a guy with some nice skill, you know, and he's certainly not a drag at 5v5 in the way that you'd be worried about. So, you know, maybe Reichel is one of those players who can become a replacement for like a Mendelainen or something. Are you going to expect a lot from him? Probably not. But in, I think, the minutes that you're going to give him, hopefully he's reasonably productive and uh, can keep things moving along. But other than that, I don't know that there's a lot else coming from the forward group. And the the defender group, right? Heinola, obviously the, the clear promotional candidate. Maybe... Um, Declan Chisholm, but Chisholm is still raw in a lot of areas, especially when it comes to like his impetuousness and some of like that energy that he has. So I think he still needs to work a bit on that. But, you know, there's not many other defenders who I think could really make the jump uh, and contribute next season or beyond. So got some time to wait for that. But hopefully at least one of these players kind of filters in sooner rather than later and helps to start replacing guys like Schmidt, Pionk and the rest uh, as they, you know, start to expire or maybe even get traded. I don't know how the Jets are going to approach that, but we will know soon enough as Winnipeg begins uh, exploring the market over the next few months. But I also, uh, I'm keeping an eye out for any fun like trade news or, or rumors or free agents that are being linked to the Jets. Anyone who does get linked or signed, we will talk about on this uh, on this podcast and future episodes. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day and encourage you to circle back here tomorrow for even more Winnipeg Jets content. We'll figure out what to talk about, maybe some fun um, NHL playoff updates and continued thoughts about how the Jets should approach the offseason. But like I said, for tonight's episode, that's going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for choosing to make us your first listen of the day. We will see you back here tomorrow. That is Harrison Lee from Locked On Winnipeg Jets signing off. Have a great night and go Jets go.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.